Folks, the Winnipeg Jets are currently dealing with quite a few injuries, and obviously as the injuries continue to mount, Winnipeg is struggling to find wins. The offense is not exactly present, the scoring is definitely drying up, and the Jets are doing their best to try and hold it together for as long as possible, but to be honest, with players kind of out until you know two to three weeks from now, the Jets are going to have to make some moves immediately. We'll talk about what went wrong against the Minnesota Wild and how the Jets can prep for the future on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is 100% free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, on tonight's episode, like I said, uh, the Jets are currently going through something of an injury crisis. And, you know, things are looking pretty grim. And with the, you know, the the, the last two losses against D.C. and Boston in Winnipeg's rearview mirror, here was a good post-Christmas break at home to try and get things back on track against the Minnesota Wild. Now, the thing with the Wild is that, you know, for the, the losses to Minnesota that the Jets have suffered, it's not like Minnesota played particularly convincingly. Uh, it was more like the Jets making a lot of silly mistakes, maybe the goaltending being a little bit loose, just not Winnipeg's night in these games. And here again, we saw a sloppy Wild team. Honestly, I, I thought the Wild were not super great, but unfortunately for the Jets, they're only going to be able to score like, you know, maybe two goals a night with this team. And why do I say that? Well, the top line is Shifley, Dubois, and Connor all together. And then everything after that is basically a a, a rolling two to four lines of, uh, you know, third and fourth line players. I mean, this is a team that is basically one scoring line and three depth lines, which for the Jets, that is highly unusual. I don't think we've seen a squad this bad in some time. And, you know, for as much as, Bones has really been able to turn this team around. He can't make magic out of, you know, a, a pile of rotten lemons. And I think a lot of the guys are really pushing. They're all fighting. And you can see that, you know, there's frustration on their faces. They want to win so badly, but the way that this team is currently built, it's just not good enough. Uh, and it's it's not necessarily all on, you know, the front office. Uh, there were injuries that they weren't necessarily planning to account for this early. But by the same token, it's also their responsibility to make sure that this team has reinforcements and is good to go. And for a while, ever since the offseason, we've said that the Jets were very thin. If they had one to two critical injuries, things were going to get grim really quickly. And not only have they had one to two critical injuries, they've also suffered injuries all across the lineup, whether it's depth players, rookies like Perfetti, uh, you know, household names like Schmidt, of course, Wheeler and, um, you know, the entire right wing side. It's it's been rough and Ehlers has been out for most of the year. So the Jets are just in a real tight spot 
and I don't really see how things are going to unpack for them. Uh, against the Wild, you know, the Jets, they certainly got to dangerous areas. They created some really good opportunities on the forecheck. The first line was surging. Morrissey had a great night. But, you know, the Jets ended up still losing 4-1 to one because the rest of the team just does not have the ability to create offense and score goals on a consistent basis. You know, a lot of the other lines were getting into dangerous areas, but unfortunately it just wasn't enough. And, you know, for for all of the players who really are stepping up, you know, there's just not enough scoring talent there for Winnipeg to uh, to get by as it is. And so I, I'm starting to wonder how exactly Winnipeg is going to cope with these injuries with, the, you know, the right side completely decimated, um, the defense really struggling to hold it together. And, you know, there's a player in particular on the back end who's really been struggling recently, and it's unfortunately pulling everyone down around him. And it's been Pionk. And I mean, we've talked about it before. You know, Neil is one of those guys who I think would quite honestly admit that this season has been horrendous from him. Uh, we're even seeing like local media picking up on it, which, you know, when the local media sees that's usually not a good sign for the player. Um, and I, I feel for Neil, you know, for Neil quite a bit because he's always been really accountable. You know, last season he was upset with himself and said that he was, well, quite frankly, embarrassing in, in his own words. And I thought, you know, it's a little harsh, right? Uh, but certainly his honest performance has been really bad this year. And I think in this game, we saw a lot of what has kind of ailed him, which is bad pinches, misreads, mistimings, um, you know, unforced turnovers, uh, unforced, uncontrolled zone dumps. I mean, it's just a whole slew of things that aren't really working for him. And so his actual value to the team isn't really being reflected. Like offensively, he's not really doing much right now. And defensively, it's been a complete nightmare. We saw him on a shift with Capo Bianco after the end of a power play. And in that whole sequence, they conceded a goal. So you can kind of tell just how it's been for Neil. And I honestly don't know how many more nights he can go on having these uh, outings before the Jets kind of have to figure out about pulling the plug. Honestly, he could just do with the rest, I think, to, to reset. Not even just a trade, but like a rest, a night off or something. Because it seems like he's, you know, kind of in his own head and, and really struggling with this. But otherwise, you know, I, I mean, this team just doesn't really have the horses to really keep up with decent NHL squads. And it's not like the Wild were like this juggernaut. Sure, they've won a lot of games, but I think we can tell that Philip Gustafson has probably had a lot to do with that. He was really good in that and unfortunately outperformed Hellebuck on the, the chances that the Jets created. And so, you know, for Winnipeg, it's just another loss in a growing list. I mean, the fact that they're now 21-13-1 with a lot of the losses coming in the last three weeks should probably put some red flags in the front office's, uh, you know, basket, I would say, because, you know, obviously the Jets have, have gotten to a good cushion right now but now the Wild are one point behind them with the game in hand in, in the Central. So the Jets have to really shape up quickly or things are going to get out of hand. And the rest of the schedule is technically easier, but with the injuries and the, the, the lack of roster depth, I really don't know how many wins Winnipeg can actually expect. You know, you're looking at Vancouver, Edmonton, and a lot of these other teams. And look, a lot of these squads are bad, but make no mistake, Vancouver and Edmonton have been scoring, you know, out the yin-yang recently. So this is a tough thing, but the roster freeze ends tomorrow, I believe, which should give the Jets, uh, or I, actually it'll be today if you're listening to this uh, on Wednesday, but um, obviously the Jets are, are really hoping for maybe a call-up or two, 
Uh, I, I would personally like a trade, but we'll talk about how the Jets can approach this in just a little bit and also talk about their upcoming schedule. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all of the sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis you need this season, whether you're following professional or amateur sports. They've got everything from college bowl season to college basketball and pro basketball and football as well. Of course, the NFL is, is starting to wrap up its season and is prepping for its own road to the Super Bowl, so you'll want to get on, on the futures for that. And they've also got all of the ice hockey action and European football action that you could possibly want, especially if you're uh, kind of catching up with the domestic leagues right after the World Cup. It is a perfect time to jump in. And if you want to take a break from sports, they've also got great Vegas casino games because they know that your life may not always revolve around sports. But if it does, they've also got great sports podcasts and articles for you to peruse so that you'll always stay plugged into your favorite sport all the time. And as always, they are your fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So go to BetOnline right now on your laptop or mobile device to register for a free account because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We were just recapping and talking about some takeaways from a bit of a depressing game against the Minnesota Wild, Winnipeg falling 4-1, to but it wasn't for lack of trying. You know, certainly it wasn't an effort thing. It's just that the team is in shambles right now. The roster is a completely, you know, complete disaster, and Bones is trying his best to put together uh, a competent-looking four line. So, yeah, things uh, things could be better. But, of course, before we kind of dive into some of the other stuff about how the Jets might approach the next few games and what we might expect after having seen what happened against the Wild, did just want to make sure that you uh, check out Locked On Sports today. It features the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less. You get instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's famous take of the day. Locked On Sports today is available on all of the same platforms that Locked On Jets is, and that includes YouTube. So, Subscribe right now. Circling. Apologies, folks. We had a slight outage. Was just saying that uh, obviously make sure to check out Locked On Sports today. Uh, It's available on all all of the same platforms that we are, including YouTube. Um, But just in between, of course, we also wanted to stress that you know, the Jets um, have had a rough couple of weeks, but, you know, the, the roster freeze ends at some point today, which hopefully means the Jets could call on some reinforcements. Now, I don't know what that means in terms of uh, roster depth and, and who the Jets might be looking at from the Moose, because right now Winnipeg is basically working with the Moose. Uh, you look at this team and the Winnipeg Moose would probably be an apt way to describe everything past the top line. So it's 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 been brutal. Uh, And I think the Jets are are essentially rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. And after what I was originally thinking, which was a slightly optimistic outlook for the next few games, I'm going to kind of rein that back in. Uh, um, Having seen what Winnipeg's, you know, four lines are looking like, Vancouver, Edmonton, and Calgary are going to be really hard. Uh, Calgary might be the one game the Jets have a slight chance in just because the Flames don't tend to score a lot, but Vancouver and Edmonton can really hurt you on the power play. They've got a lot of even strength goal scoring ability defensively and in net. Both teams are kind of a wreck, but that may not matter if the Jets 
cannot find uh, a way for any of the Lions past the first to uh, create offense. Now, what I'll say is this, the third, you know, the second, third and fourth lines, they did crash the slot. They did get stuff going behind the net. But in terms of like that clinical finishing and the timing ability, that that stuff was all kind of missing. And I think that's going to continue to be an issue for the Jets as they roll through these next few weeks. I think Winnipeg has done about as much as they can possibly muster with the lineup. Like when when it comes to the the lineup choices that um, I would say Bones has made, I really don't see too much to quibble with. I might consider elevating Gagne and, uh, you know, bringing Heinola back in over Capobianco. But otherwise, I mean, there's not really anything else that you could do there. And to be honest, none of these players would probably be enough to move the needle, right? We're not bringing in a McDavid or something from the street. Obviously, the Jets team uh, that we've got right now is is not going to change significantly unless Chevy makes a major trade. So internally, I just don't know how the Jets are supposed to figure this out. Uh, that first line, though, I, I think that plan that Bones had, which is load up the top line and then roll three defensive lines, I think that's probably going to be the best way to go about this. Uh, Shifley, Dubois, and Connor came really close to connecting on a lot of chances. There were some flat-out robberies, and so... You know, for the most part, I liked what I saw, and I think that should be at least, you know, I, I guess the plan going forward. I mean, I really can't see anything else working out unless you went like, I don't know, um, Con- or Connor, Shifley, and I don't know, Harkins or something. But I mean, really doesn't make that much of a difference. You might as well just load up the first line and kind of go for it because the alternative is that you're going to see uh, two, you know, top two lines that aren't really that effective. Like realistically is is you know, a, a trio of Baron Dubois and Gagne really going to be that much different than Lowry, Baron, and Harkins? Probably not enough, to be honest. For as good as Dubois has been, and certainly uh, his, his ability to elevate his line mates is notable, I don't think it's at a stage where he's going to be able to take a couple of guys who are like third or fourth liners and turn them into second line superstars. So, yeah, the choice to try and load up that first and hope for the best is probably the only option that Bones realistically has because the Jets just aren't really getting offense from other lines. Uh, there's not enough scoring depth, and I think Winnipeg is is really needing to make some kind of a roster move uh, in the very near future. We'll talk about some like potential internal options and what the Jets might be thinking about um, down the road, especially as the weeks roll in here in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts of tonight's episode of Locked On Jets. We're just wrapping up really quickly, talking about some of Winnipeg's roster issues and how the Jets might try and get around this. Uh, obviously, Winnipeg's roster right now is eh, it's in the crapper, if we're being honest. It's been uh, a, a really brutal stretch of, of games, and certainly losses are mounting, injuries are mounting, and it leaves you with uh, not a lot to work with, right? The Jets are, are certainly trying to figure out how to get around this and, and, you know, try and, I guess, rearrange the deck chairs. But like I said, it's not exactly like the Jets have that many options. And so Winnipeg kind of has to work with what they've got unless they make some external acquisitions. Internally, though, you might be wondering what options the Jets have. Unfortunately, when you're looking at the Manitoba Moose, which is kind of what the Jets have right now, uh, there's really not too many players who stand out. Uh, Alex Limoges obviously has been doing really well, but I don't think he's available for call-up. Um, I think he's got an AHL deal for now. 
And, you know, Limoges, I don't know if he's really played at the NHL level before. And obviously that's that's a pretty big step up. Uh, Chaz Lucius and Brad Lambert are currently at the World Juniors. Uh, speaking of which, both actually did score yesterday. Lambert had a great snipe. Uh, Chaz, I think maybe the day before, uh, had a great backhand or something against Latvia. So they're having fun um, and, and kind of figuring their games out. But they're not really going to be the kind of guys that I think the Jets can turn to immediately. Lucius might be okay for a call-up for a couple of games. Lambert is still a little bit on the raw side from what I've seen. And so, you know, even, you know, upon their return, I, I just don't see spots for them, uh, you know, trying to fix this team. And, you know, while you would have like cap space and stuff from their contracts being really cheap, realistically, how much are they going to move the needle? And I think that is a question that doesn't have a fun answer. As much as I love both of them, and I, I would like to see them this season at some point, right now, both are definitely not in a state to help the Jets. And Winnipeg really can't be leaning on these two rookies, you know, so heavily. Uh, otherwise, I mean, you're looking at maybe Jeff Malott, Cole Meyer. I mean, all of these guys are basically AHL deals, so you wouldn't even have an opportunity to call them up. Um, Christian Reichel might be one of the few players that would be interesting, but he hasn't really been lighting the lamp up. Uh, Toninato, I guess, is down there as well. He's not really doing a lot this season, so... I, I just I'm struggling to figure out a way for the Jets to try and squeeze out more offense. You might try Jeff Malott if he had some kind of a two way deal, but I forgot what his contract status is. It's probably an AHL deal or something. Or even if it was a two way deal, how much of a chance you know w- would it be for him to actually make an impact on this team? Probably marginal. The, the reality is the Jets don't have a lot of scoring depth with the Moose that they can just call upon. A lot of their top guys are already up with the Jets: Harkins, you know, Stenland etc. So from here on out, the Jets are going to have to make some major acquisitions. And I think it's time for the Jets to make a major trade. Uh, the first is unfortunately going to have to be Pionk. Um, I don't even care what the Jets do with the return. I think if they got a nice return in terms of futures, they could probably turn that into another forward. I think just clearing out his cap hit would be a major asset for the Jets. Heinola can probably slide in on that right side for now. And then later on, Schmidt will return. And Nate has been reasonable this season. So I think he would do just fine. Um, And then Stanley would probably occupy the seventh D spot. And I think Stanley's been good enough to where you feel comfortable doing that. In terms of what you do with the cap space that Pionk would bring, I I would certainly be looking at maybe a Garland. Um, Besser, I mean, he's out there. I mean, he's an option. But I think my dream scenario still remains Timo Meyer. I don't know how the Jets would swing this, but it would be a really interesting attempt, especially if Meyer were to extend. Uh, I'm not saying that's really likely to happen because I don't think it is. But in the off chance that the Jets knew that Meyer was willing to sign long term, had a contract in hand and was ready to, you know, extend past the season, I would be down with it. I think he's clearly um, a game breaking player and he wouldn't exactly solve the, you know, the, the right side problem necessarily, but Certainly on that left side, he would be a dominant force at both even strength and on the power play. But we've we've talked about that, so I won't go too much more into that. Um, Besser, I, I just don't really care for the cap hit, and I think he has enough question marks around his game to where I think whoever does take him will eventually get a really good player. It's just I don't think the Jets are in the right spot right now to try and be the team that rehabs his career. Uh, Kuzmenko is still very interesting to me, but Vancouver probably will ask for a King's ransom if not, you know, extending him at some point. 
Uh, Bo Horvat still remains probably one of the top targets as well. You know, I've heard some talk about Jonathan Taves. I think Taves for me, I'd probably want to avoid. I think he'd be fine in a middle six role, but um, on his own, I don't really think that he moves the needle enough for the Jets. I think Winnipeg just really needs to find punchy goal scorers. And unless those are popping up in abundance elsewhere, it's going to be tough for the Jets to try and replace that. You know, Winnipeg has to go now another week or two at least before some of these guys return. The first player due to return is like Saku Menelainen, and then it'll be Cole Perfetti, and neither were exactly lighting the lamp a ton. Perfetti was doing a good job creating offense, period, but, you know, in terms of finishing talent and ability, that part of his game hasn't really been uh, the most impactful part that we've seen so far, which means that, you know, until Ehlers and Wheeler come back, things are uh, (laughs) a little bit hairy, so... If the Jets could make a deal, maybe for a Duclair or um, a Matthew Joseph or some of these other players that might be available, that'd be fantastic. But until then, folks, it's going to be a, a bumpy ride the next few weeks. So I would buckle up. I would prepare for the Jets to potentially slip into the wild card spots and maybe further if things do not improve. I, I think this team has done a marvelous job so far, but you can only outrun your limited roster depth, especially once the injuries start mounting. I'd be curious to know what you think about the Jets plan and and how they're hoping to address this. Let me know what you think of uh, the potential trade partners and options and who you might like to see joining the Jets in the near future, as well as maybe some trade package suggestions. Drop them in the YouTube comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. I thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Make your second listen Locked On Sports today. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes or less. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked On Sports Today is available on YouTube and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So like, follow, and subscribe for free right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.